0: The world, yeah I want the world, yeah I want it all game best in the biz about that time and you know what it is coming from brooklyn bringing that truth never gonna lie never gonna lose always on top keeping it steady he'll make you tap out and you won't be ready he got the suplex breaking your back now everyone in the world gonna listen to taz
1: oh yes So the job is what's up welcome 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 to the taz show guys welcome hope everybody's good hope everybody's good yes um it's going to be a fun episode. Going to go back in time a little bit. A little throwback Jones. A little throwback. i uh, going to have a guest from back in the day. This this interview was from definitely a couple years back. I'll get into that in a second. Thank you everybody for downloading the show on uh, Radio.com and uh, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Much appreciated for sure. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. Maybe you're it. Maybe doing also at Tashshow.com, you could be doing that over there, too. I'm not really sure, but I appreciate it. Hope everybody's good, and uh, as usual, appreciate the support. Um, Check it out, man. So this is going to be like we're going to get into an old uh, Throwback Jones here. Throwback Snack, per se. Throwback Snack, maybe maybe we should have played the Throwback Snack open. That might have been better, right? I don't know. I mean, it would have been. I mean, eh, maybe not. I don't know. Thinking out loud. Eh, Whatever. It's irrelevant. Adam Cole. Adam Cole. When Adam Cole was a Ring of Honor. Well, we did something back in the day. This is from, oh, jeez. This is from like April 3rd, 2015. So this is late June right now as I record this in 2018. So several years ago, Adam Cole. So here's the thing. I did five shows, I believe it was, called Taz Live uh, towards the end of March in 2015 going into early April. And these were demos, like tryout shows, um, that I did with CBS Radio before we streamed the Taz show live every day the way it used to be. So um, I had several guests on that week. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the guests. Colt Cabana was a guest. Rick Flair was a guest. Uh, Jeez, I I did like a raw reaction. I'm trying to remember it all. Uh, Adam Cole, as I said, Austin Aries. No, he was on after that. It wasn't a Taz Live thing. But... Adam Cole definitely. Uh, this is uh, this is cool. So I mean, you know, now it's so awesome to see Adam Cole now and the success he's having in WWE with NXT as the NXT, uh, you know, success with the with the uh, obviously the undisputed era and how great you know that is and those guys are together, no doubt about it. Big fan of the NXT North American excuse me north american championship that adam cole holds currently you know it's just great i mean so it's great to see he's a good dude um one of the best workers you're gonna find straight up uh, adam cole baby you know what i'm saying so undisputed ever jones uh all that kind of jazz it's good stuff so you know i just thought it'd be cool to you know go deep into the archives and have the crew here pull this out and we'll jump into it in a little bit um but the Taz Live thing was uh, was a lot of fun. Let me, let me jump into a little business real quick here, though. Uh, let me tell you about, well, support for the Taz Show, where it comes from, guys. You know, it comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and your family, and that's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And guys, as you know, it's super, super, ultra easy and convenient. See, the trusted partners for Rocket Mortgage by right, Quicken Loans, they allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time Okay, to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by right, Quicken Loans apply simply, understand fully, and most importantly, guys, you can mortgage confidently because that, my friends, is the key. So as they say, as they say, uh So we go to, to rocketmortgage.com. I'm sorry, I thought that never happens. I uh, go to rocketmortgage.com <laughs> slash TAZ, rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, org number 3030. That's a rocket mortgage. So the TAZ Live thing, like I said, was a very stressful time for me, man. It was like Seth was a, a big help uh, back then. Uh, behind the scenes and putting it together. Um, you know, we did it coincidentally enough, uh, where I work now every day doing, uh, Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. We did it at WFAN, uh, in New York City. Uh, that's where I actually was in Boomer and Cotton at the time, which is now Boomer and Geo Studio, it was Boomer and Cotton Studio. And that's where the Taz lives were done. And I believe they were live live it was a two or three hour show and it was live the demos was five days like 2 p.m eastern or 3 p.m eastern something like that and it was hot man it was cool and it was it was a lot of fun they just wanted to see they liked me the company but they wanted to see how wrestling sounded on like a, a daily basis type thing and it, it you know it worked for them and they, they jumped on me streaming a, a daily live video and audio show right after this you know not not far after this so yeah man it was a lot of fun back then um, and then right after that I kept jumping into HPMs you and podcast machines but yeah so uh, so we'll go back in time and we'll check out a little bit uh, from April third twenty fifteen uh, Taz Live I think this was the last day of Taz Live day, day five Ring of Honor at the time Ring of Honor Adam Cole. So you guys will enjoy this Taz show. Love you guys. Appreciate the support and sit back. We'll go back in time in a little bit. I'm Taz. You're not. Hang on.
2: It's Taz live on radio.com. Here's your host, Taz. All
1: right, all right, all right, all right. We are back right here. I am he, Taz. We're going to get to Adam Cole shortly. He'll be on here probably around the top of the yard. Is that correct, Seth? Top of the hour? You are correct, sir. All right, all right. Adam Cole from Ring of Beyond. Let's go to the phone lines real quick here. Got a lot of people on hold. And by the way, the phone number is 866-540-9326. Hey, Garrett in Texas. How are you, my man? Uh, hey, Taz. Hey, buddy. I, I just had a
3: qu- hey i just had a qu- uh, question of your thoughts about Seth Rollins cashing in. Do you think that him losing to Randy Orton earlier made it kind of seem, whenever he got the title, like it didn't look like he should have it? Or do you think it made it more unexpected? Uh, I think, frankly, I think it
1: made it a little more expected. I think it was more of uh, what some would say an angle alert that he did lose but again, it was almost like Randy Orton's revenge, even though we saw him previously before that on Raw, beat the daylights out of Rollins throughout the arena, right? You remember that. And then here comes WrestleMania. Um, Randy wins. Um, I, I think that um, uh, I think if Randy Orton would have lost and Seth Rollins won, then I really, really think people would have been shocked when he cashed in the money in the bank. Look, at the end of the day, it worked. People, they go by fan reaction, right? That's what, in the industry, that's what we go by, is the live house. The reaction, they had a massive house there, over 76,000 people, obviously, Garrett. So, And they reacted when Rollins, I think his music hit or whatever, and he came out while Roman Reigns and uh, Brock were down. Man, he, he came out and the place went berserk. So uh, it worked, you know? I, so I, I don't know if it really answers your question, I think either way... The people would have reacted, but I think they would have really maximized the pop that Seth Rollins got if he would have won. But there's no shame in Randy Orton winning. I mean, he's one of the best of all time. And uh definitely think that, um, you know, Randy—and uh, Garrett, by the way, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I, I think that, that Randy—oh, uh, speaking of that Randy Orton— Yes, sir. Yeah, I got to tell you, Seth, when we did, um, Mike Tenet, myself, and you, we do our fancy draft editions. When we got coming up this month and we're in right now, what are we in, April or March? April, was, sir. April, we're doing what? What are we doing? Uh, which ones are we doing? The fancy draft? Uh, tag, tag teams. Tag teams. Right. That's coming out soon. But when we did best all-time wrestler, uh, not all-time, current wrestler, Randy Orton, I don't know about you, I don't know about Mike today. but man, my Twitter blew up. People were furious that we did not mention Randy Orton. And... I personally love Randy as a person, as a competitor. I have nothing but crazy amount of respect for Randy Orton. But the reason why, I can't speak for you and Mike, but I think I know why you guys didn't. I know why I didn't do it and have him on. He wasn't active at that time. I mean, how
0: about you? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. <clears> and, and, you know, we talked off air about um, that. We, we, we focus a little bit on the newer wrestlers, too, for the most part. I mean, guys that were like, you know. Yeah, you know Randy's an all-time great
1: as well. well he is well. I yeah, because he's kind of in that middle of <clears throat> his point in career, his career, like Undertaker. You know, I. I and, but if those that type of a show, that type of fancy draft edition, you know, when we do that for current whatever, current wrestlers, or current tag teams, or current female competitors, whatever it may be, that's for who is really active <clears throat> at the time. Might if someone's hurt or not hurt, you know what I mean. And I think some of the fans, I don't think I should have done a better job explaining myself on that. Well, Mike Tenay, I should blame Mike actually. It was Mike Tenay's fault actually. He should have done a better job explaining. He, it. He's the professor. He should know. Yeah. And you know, we talked
0: about we should do current wrestlers like once a quarter. I mean that 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 list is fluid.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. I know we did talk about that. Uh, we got to see if Tenay. We got to work that out with Tenay because you know he's very. You know how Mike is. He's very expensive. He's very expensive. Yeah, Tenay is very expensive. Very hard to deal with. <sighs> Mike Tenay is just a. a a prima Donna. No, I'm joking. I love Mike. I'm teasing about all of that. Mike's uh, on. Mike's on. <laughs> yeah. No, Mike's the man. Uh, Fantasy Draft Edition is great with Mike, myself, and then we throw you in, and it's okay, Seth. Um, anyway. Hit the archives, everybody. Hit the archives. <laughs> yeah. Go check out the archives for sure. <clears throat> Let's take another call here. Let's go to King in Maryland, I like in that Crab name. Country. King, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Kaz? So, is that your gimmick, King? That's not your real name, bro. What's the deal with King? Come on. <laughs>
3: No, nah, nah. growing up, right, when we uh, we used to do, like, backyard wrestling, nothing serious, my, my name, my gimmick was always Jeff the King Thomas. Oh, all right. So okay. I figured I, I'd throw in a little bit of the old-school flavor when I called in. I like history. it. Look, what I was like your it. finishing maneuver? My finishing maneuver? The STF. Oh right. yeah, I did it a lot better than John Cena does <laughs> Oh, come
1: on now. That's not nice. I, I, I
3: believe that. John it. Cena's
1: I, kinda I definitely don't want to advocate backyard wrestling, by the way. I don't know why. No. I, I, no, how you're older though. You're not a kid. When you were younger you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thirty
3: three now. I'm talking back when I was like, you know, eleven and twelve. Yeah, no, you know kid, you're saying? not doing ba- you're it.
1: not doing any backyard wrestling at thirty three though, bro.
3: No, 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 no <laughs> not at
2: all.
1: I'm I
3: joking. gave that. I gave that up back when I was like fifteen or sixteen.
1: Yeah, that's just. I don't you advocate know, anyone me. doing that at all ever. Oh, I know we're joking around, but you know, um, uh, that stuff's a little freaky.
3: But don't uh, try this at home. So I what, got a question yes, for you go real ahead. quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, the first time I ever seen you wrestle, right? It was back. It was gosh. It was before it was Extreme Championship Wrestling. It was um Eastern Championship Wrestling, right? And it was ECW did a uh, did a co promotion show with MEWF uh, the Mid Eastern Wrestling Federation. Was that or did now we do that?
1: MC- King, was that in, did we do that in Delaware or something like
3: that? University of Delaware? No, right? it was it was it was in Maryland. It was in Dundalk, Maryland, and it was a co promotional show. It was MEWF, which is now MCW Maryland Championship Wrestling. Yeah, of wrestling. course. Yep, I know what it is. Yep. And and it was ECW Eastern man. And you it was the first time I ever seen you wrestle or even heard about you. You wrestled Sabu. And my question, and I just want to give you big props to that, man, because, I mean, that was Thank like, you. you don't see nothing like that today. I mean, you do at Ring of Honor. You do in, right. like, certain areas, but you don't see that stuff on WWE or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. But my, my question yes. is, though, did you, like, back then, when you were wrestling, like, before you broke in the indies and you guys could, like, you know, be you, you had total right. control, versus when you went to WWE, and while you had success as a wrestler, I know it's not the same. Like, what style did you prefer? Well, I I,
1: first of all, I appreciate the call, King, and I appreciate the question. Now, I'll answer the question. Uh, Listen, man, I preferred the style where I wasn't micromanaged as a wrestler. We had much more freedom. Excuse me, especially during those ECW years, big time. We had a a, a plethora of freedom, and that's what I think. What makes a wrestler develop into a great wrestler? (laughs) What makes a wrestler hone his craft and become? Uh, a, a potentially a great competitor when you're not not micromanaged, and I think that's the freedom that we received. While we're in ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling, then Extreme Championship Wrestling, from a guy like Paul Heyman or when Todd Gordon owned it, uh, no one was micromanaging you. And and I, I got to say, I got to I gotta speak on TNA. They do the same thing with the guys. They don't micromanage the wrestlers. I mean, you know, and, and there's a little more freedom. And I think that's important. And I think our next guest, the guy I've been talking about that's coming on, can attest to that with Ring of Honor. So here we go. Adam Cole, you there, my friend. I am. I am. How you doing, Taz? Good, buddy. Good. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Of course. Thanks for having me on. So now that we're talking real quick, before we get into stuff about you, but so what's your take on that? I mean, you heard what I just said about what that caller was saying about freedom compared to, like, for me in particular, when I was wrestling uh, years ago in ECW, had more freedom, and that's what I was saying, as opposed to being micromanaged more. I'm sure Ring of Honor, I never worked for Ring of Honor, I'm assuming as a Ring of Honor competitor, former champion in yourself, you know, you guys have to have some freedom to, to, to compete the way you want,
4: Correct. 100%. Taz, I could not agree with you more on what you were saying, because I think realistically, if we look at wrestling as a job, which is exactly what it is, I think it's so unrealistic to think that one man, particularly with Ring of Honor, that being Hunter Johnston, can be able to micromanage and pinpoint exactly what's best for each character at all times. So he trusts a lot of the guys who are out there, we're feeling the audience, we're feeling the progression of our characters. So in many cases, he gives us, like I said, a lot of creative freedom to decide what may be best for our characters. Certainly that's the case promo-wise. Certainly that's the case when we tell the stories in the ring. And I think the fans can tell that and appreciate that, too. And I think the product as a whole just comes across as much, much better and much more believable.
1: Well, I completely agree. Well said, my friend. And, and again, this is Adam Cole for Ring of Honor. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you were the youngest Ring of Honor world champ in history, correct?
4: Yeah, I was either the youngest or one of the youngest. I think me and low-key are kind of neck and neck for the youngest. Low-key won the belt at 23, and I won the belt around 23, 24. So me and low-key are neck and neck.
1: Man, I got to give you credit on that, bro, because I didn't really start hitting, getting my sea legs under me as a competitor and start making some money until I was about, ah, maybe 26 years old. And for you guys, you know, people are like, ah, what's the difference, 23, 26? There's a big difference in the life of, of a wrestler that's trying to, Pay his bills and earn his stripes, as you know. Three years makes a world of difference. Yeah, one hundred
4: percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that that run that I got with the championship, uh, and I think anyone can attest to this. You never feel fully ready for anything, but that's part of the cool thing about wrestling. You kind of get thrown to the sharks, and either you sink or swim. And fortunately, I swam in that scenario. But I, I feel like that run as champion actually helped me develop and become an overall better talent, where now I feel like if I got a second run, I'd be even more qualified for a championship run. Well,
1: I think you got nothing but insane upside and a super bright future. And and I, I, I believe now you're out right now in an injury, correct? Or You're almost coming back. You're close to being back. and You had a shoulder, or an elbow. Well, help me out on that. Yeah, yeah, that's
4: correct. A lot of people just documented it. And this is actually some kind of groundbreaking news here on your show. Here we a go. Here of, we, we go. I love just, it. Uh, it. <laughs> just documented it as a shoulder surgery. But, Taz, what had happened was I had been working for two years with a fracture in my elbow and a partial tear in my tricep. I was able to still weight train and still work and things like that. But then finally I dislocated my shoulder and torn my labor in my shoulder. So I was having a lot of problems, not only wrestling, but weight training, even sleeping at night. And it finally came to a point where I was like, I got to get fixed. You know, I'm 25 years old. Like you had said, I got a lot of years ahead of me yet. So, uh, but the, the worst is certainly over. I, I'm back in the gym, and I'm, I'm very close to returning.
1: Listen, man, I feel you because I've had shoulder issues uh, besides my neck, but that wasn't even it. My shoulder, man, I tore my labrum also. I did it in a match. Uh, yeah, bro, it sucks, dude. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was throwing, I think it was, uh, it was on a Raw. I believe it was Perry Saturn. I was throwing him back in the ring. He thought I was going to ram him into the, the apron. We were outside the ring on Raw. As I went to throw him back in the ring, he pulled his head back to kind to register back to hit the apron, oh, man. as you know, as big and thick as cockstrong as he was, it tore my friggin' bicep and my labrum. And, dude, I know what you're saying. Now, did you get a scope on it, or you got caught? What did you do?
4: Yeah, uh, they actually cut me open. They just did three little incisions in my shoulder. There were two tears in the labrum. And actually, what had happened with me is I went to catch a dive for somebody out in California, mm. and my shoulder just completely popped out. Oof. And, of course, us being pro wrestlers, we pop it back in, yep. we finish the match. And we thought, oh, no big deal, everything's going to be all right. But like I said, as the weeks had progressed, and I was really starting to feel the uh, the pain and the difference, it ended up being the smart move to do. But it was just uh, three little incisions, and then I got a nice little nasty scar on the back of my tricep and elbow. Now
1: with the tricep, so th- was that injury all in itself? there? so the tricep got had a tear in it? In the same, I, I, you might have said it. I might have missed you. What when you injured the labrum? Like, how, was it all connected?
4: Actually, no, the, the labrum came much later. Came later, uh, the, okay. The, yeah, the, the elbow I had, been, um, I had been working on, like I said, for a really long time. But it was actually what had happened. I did, a, I did an Ironman match out in California with uh, Solomon Crow of NXT, formerly with Sammy Callahan on the Independent. Of course, match. yeah. And, uh, you know, we had worked this match, and I had a nice little slit in my elbow or in my tricep area, and I thought, oh, no big deal, I just got a little cut. Well, I, on that long flight from Los Angeles to Philadelphia, I landed – And I don't know anyone who's seen the movie. uh, I think it's the campaign with Will Ferrell when he gets bit by that snake and his arm's all blown up. (laughs) (laughs) That was, man, not to that extent, but my arm was freaking blown up, man. And I I went to the doctor. They right away checked that I had a weird infection. And the elbow, I think, was just from years of not wearing elbow pads and banging my elbows, whether it be the concrete or in the ring. And then the tricep just kind of came with it.
1: Yeah, well, you're young. You did the right thing. And it's a good thing that Ring of Honor got you back. Say, so, hey, go get yeah. healed up because you're young. Because that could, you know, look, you know a lot of guys, just like I've known a lot of guys that work with injuries. We have that certain pride as wrestlers, that thick skull that we have. where We're just going to keep going. We're not going to stop. We don't want to lose our spot. We, 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 we believe in that. And I'm, I'm sure your generation, which is younger than my generation, of wrestler is so highly competitive. Uh, and oh, you guys think the, you think the same way? Because, you know, I really think, dude, I had like, um, I think it was, well, yesterday, obviously, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, was on the show. So I was talking with mm-hmm. Rick, and, you know, I was talking about the difference, and he agreed completely. The wrestlers of today, your generation, which is his daughter's generation, too, you guys are so much more... Uh, like high performance athletes, just completely more athletic, quicker, stronger, in better condition. You know, I, I like your generation walks in a in a in a, in a hotel with a uh, you know with a laptop, where my generation was walking in with a six pack of beer. <laughs> right. You know. Now I gotta say, I kind of got you know, I I, I kind of see how this is changing. You know, and I'm like, wow, this younger, your younger generation, Adam Cole and, and like Flair's daughter Charlotte, and all this stuff. It's the smarter generation. It's the generation with longevity. But, you know, from an athletic standpoint, how do you keep up with these guys? And you're in that same boat with them.
4: Right. right. Well, I I think, too, Taz, I think going back on what you're saying, I think there's so much truth to that. And I almost think as a whole, society just views athletes different. Like now we're so amazed with CrossFitters and these mixed martial artists. To again, they're not six foot four, two hundred sixty-five pounds. It's not when you look at them; it's like you're seeing the Incredible Hulk. Right. It's like society's more impressed now with these like smaller athletes that can go really long and do a lot. So I think naturally, what it comes down to, uh, without sounding cliche and kind of broad here with this answer, but our generation loves professional wrestling just as much as your generation, right. as you know. Anyone who has the wrestling bug. Uh, inside of them knows how much wrestling means everything and because the athletic demand is so much higher now the guys uh, who are wrestling now just need to live up to that expectation that the fans set and that we set for ourselves
1: yeah i totally agree and i think that it's um you know there's there's some benefits too today as a wrestler <clears throat> mm-hmm. because you have the internet and I, I right. had, had Colt Cabana on the other day. I'm not dropping names. I'm just saying it for conversation. No, no. See, I know it sounds like thinking I'm dropping names to this guy, and I don't. No, no, Cabana's a, a good buddy of mine, so that's totally fine. All right, cool. But I'm just saying it because it's conversation. You could connect. Sure. And it's like yeah. you know, guys. I Colt made a great point about the internet and how guys can today and gals, you know, have the internet to become internet sensations as opposed to just TV wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like my generation, your goal was to be on TV. You know that right. that was your goal. And now it's different. You could be a big thing on. On the internet, and 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 get get to go on tours of Japan or all over the world, not just the United States. Get booked on indies or better indies or or work for companies like a TNA or Ring of Honor or Lucha Underground. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah. I, I guys like you utilize that too.
4: Well, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, at one point in time, Ring of Honor was strictly a internet-based company. Correct. A yes. lot of the reason they were selling DVDs and selling out arenas all all across the country as an independent organization was not only word of mouth. But videos and stuff that people had written about them on the internet, you know, so it definitely is a big big tool
1: And you got so much alumni great alumni that came out of You know a ring of honor someone a personal friend of mine like Samoa Joe who mm-hmm. went to TNA. now He's back doing stuff with Ring of Honor and uh, obviously Brian Daniels who was Daniel Bryan in WWE, and WWE and Tyler Black who's Seth Rollins in WWE the success and, and so many other guys. I'm just dropping some names, but I'm just saying like that that's gotta motivate you too, because you know, the competitiveness and that's what I love. I see that, you know, just with the younger guys that I'm around and gals and TNA. Like that 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 your generation is even more competitive. Like my generation, to be frank, they were competitive but there was so much cutthroat shit. i got to be honest. Where right. You guys kind of seem like you're in each other's corner, but you're competitive with each other.
4: I think you totally hit the nail on the head because I've said this before about the Ring of Honor locker room. As far as all the locker rooms I've been fortunate enough to be in uh, over these past few years of being in wrestling, Ring of Honor's is the best because you'll have a group full of guys who really view this company as a team. Uh, I, I've heard the description of ECW before yep. as being kind of like the little engine that could, yep. and that's exactly how we feel about ROH. We all have each other's backs. We all want each other to be better, but at the same time, it's like if Roderick Strong or um, you know Cedric Alexander or any of these guys in ROH go out and have a killer match, then the guys after them go, "Oh, I got to top that." It's, right. it's a really cool, fun, well, uh, you know, I, topping each other atmosphere. Gotta
1: tell you, Adam, I agree, and that's basically brought me back in time because. Dude, that's what we did. I mean, I, I had to follow guys like Rob Van Dam or the Sandman's Entrance or Tommy Dream right. or Raven, you know, or, or Sabu, you know, or Shane Douglas. That you know, And to me, that motivated me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think those guys would say the same exact thing to you from the Dudleys to the Elimin- Eliminators, all those guys from then. And I really believe there's so, it's like ECW, Ring of Honor, there's so much similarities there. You guys mm-hmm. are a little bit, it's a little bit different, you know, um, but I understand the competitiveness. Uh, and, and you got to have that. you got to want to outdo the match before you, because if you don't have that, you're going to just sit in quicksand the rest of your career.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and my my biggest story for this as far as us being a team is like the first time that we were on pay-per-view, and that opening video was playing that it was like, oh, man, we're live on pay-per-view from Nashville. The entire team was sitting in the back watching this video go down. I get goosebumps talking about it now, and I got goosebumps then, and we're all sitting there clapping, getting all hyped up, because we felt like we made it. It's like, oh, man, now we're finally on pay-per-view. We're doing this. So every little journey that we go on together uh, and every uh, event that we run and the more and more that ROH progresses, we feel like it's a team effort and we accomplish it together.
1: Well, just you saying that made me think of ECW again. So yeah. I, I guess, <laughs> no, seriously, I, I could relate, man. And to yeah. me, that's why I've always said publicly I feel, I feel and felt like Ring of Honor is just like a new and improved version of an ECW style esque. You know what I mean? Like, right? It really is, and it's so cool. I mean, uh, again, I do think all, all roster back then definitely was bringing lots of cases of beers into those locker rooms, yeah. but, I, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? Right. laughs> Seth, you got a question for Adam? Yeah, hey, Adam, this
0: is Seth I'm with Taz, and uh, a question for you. Being a younger generation wrestler. Have you you think your generation has learned from the previous generations about taking care of yourselves, not overdoing it? like you know a lot of wrestlers Taz lost a lot of his uh, you know fellow uh, ECW guys and other guys at a very young age. Have you guys recognized that and learned from that?
4: I think certainly. You know, I think in uh, certain aspects, I think uh, it was funny Taz made the comment about the beer and the laptops thing. It was like the the funny joking thing is now is like our locker room is filled with Foam rollers and fruit-flavored energy drinks. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's hysterical, That's man. Like, the, the way that guys are trying to take care of their bodies now and really make sure that the longevity is there. And again, the uh, which Taz can attest to this with the ECW style. It's like the Ring of Honor style. Going out there as a main event guy and having to wrestle Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. You know, 30 40 minutes. By that Sunday, man, you're hurting. So yeah. you definitely got to be cautious to make sure you take care of your body. Yeah,
1: and again. Uh some fans might be thinking, "Well, why is Taz so obsessed with the way the newer generation is and put it over?" It's because I, I got to be frank. Like when I was younger, when I was your age, Adam, you know, and I was mm-hmm. wrestling. Man, I was I I kept my nose clean. You know, I wasn't one of those guys mm-hmm. doing a lot of that other stuff. And I and and I never would begrudge anyone for what they did. And I f- I feel like I had longevity, even though I had a bad injury. But I'm still in the business doing other stuff in the business now. And I think some of these other guys, you know. Eh, I, I, it, they they have their demons and creative demons because we were on the road so much, and you guys are working so much and bumping and hurting. But you guys are smarter, and to me, that's I'm passionate about that. Because as a wrestler, look, I'm an announcer, I'm a broadcaster, I've done stuff behind the scenes, I'm a trainer. At the end of the day, I'm still a pro wrestler, so I sure. can still relate to guys like you. And and I got I never see I never had the opportunity yet to watch you wrestle in person. I've watched mm-hmm. enough of your stuff at Ring of Honor. I've watched some of your stuff online uh, and watch your promos. I'm a fan of you, dude. And if I was, I wouldn't have had you on oh, the show here. No, I mean that you're passionate, dude. You are uh, I just saw something. Um, someone sent it to me, and I, I think I saw it. It was from YouTube or something. <clears throat> when well, you were cutting a promo, it looked like you were in a car or a truck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, went the cap on. You were talking about mm-hmm. coming back. It must have been something very recent, correct?
4: Yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, shot just a few days ago.
1: There you go. And 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 that promo was so passionate. The look in your eye, and and things you said, and the way you said it—how you're not playing wrestler—and that's the key, bro. Don't play the part, live the part. And being a wrestler, as you know, it's not a job;
4: it's a lifestyle.
1: Correct? Exactly. That's right. Exactly.
4: Yep. Yep. And you're well, doing yeah, 100%. it. Yeah. One hundred percent. And like you said, wrestling is not something where you punch a clock, nine to five. Monday through Friday, and then you turn that off. You know, exactly what you said, wrestling is a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week kind of gig. But the fortunate thing is, because what we love so much and we're so passionate about it, it doesn't even feel like a job, really. Like, it just feels like something that you need to do, something that you're passionate about. Whether it be promos or whether it be stuff in ring, that's why I feel that my passion is conveyed so much, because I truly love to do this. You know, there's nothing in the world, when people ask me all the time, I remember I had a good talk with uh, Jim Ross at one point, and he brought up the fact he goes, well, what's your backup plan? And he would hate me for saying this, but I don't have a backup plan. I I refuse to acknowledge any kind of idea of me not doing something, whether it be in-ring or out of the ring. It's not involved with pro wrestling. It's just my number one priority. I respect
1: that. I didn't have a backup plan either. I got lucky. <laughs> but,
4: yeah.
1: No, no. I mean, but I respect that. And, and by you saying you don't have a, ba- and I know what you mean that. Jr. would be mad because he believes young guys should and gals should have a backup plan. God forbid it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. And, right. and 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 because there are more. Um, more folks that fail at this than succeed. and But you know what? I understand where you're coming from because basically what you're saying is I don't have a backup plan because I'm confident and I'm hell-bent that I'm going to dominate and do not just well but great in this. And, dude, I got to tell you, I, I I like your chances. I think you're going to do great. Seriously.
4: Oh, thank you, guys. That means a lot, you're, man. You're
1: doing it now. So I'm sure right. when you come back, so your promo, not to delve into too much of creatively where ring of honor is going or what you guys are doing mm-hmm. but that promo i just sort of you shot in your car there you, you you know it seemed like you definitely uh heavy heel slanted on that deal or kind of self-centered that's kind of where your wheelhouse where you want to be
4: yeah absolutely you know that, that was the character um direction that i've been going for quite some time but uh, but fortunately and unfortunately as far as our ring of honor fan base goes the the match that I had before I got my surgery was this fight without honor with Jay Briscoe who is our current ring of honor. Of course, fans.
1: I'm a fan of both Briscoe's, yes. Yeah,
4: yeah. And we had a knockdown drag out fight where thumbtacks were involved. It was crazy. It was a fight without honor match, and then I was done after that. So the fans have almost gained this certain amount of respect for me. So it's gonna be quite challenging for me as a heel. Uh, you know, to get them to um, go against me again. Let's mm. let's put it that way. So it, it'll definitely be interesting. But that's the direction I'm going.
1: Well, listen, man, you're rocking and rolling. Uh, you know, I, I started following you on Twitter. If you want, to, guys, want to follow Adam Cole, he's at at at. Adam Cole Pro. And, yep. uh, and check him out on there. I mean, uh, check him out on Ring of Honor. Listen, man, keep doing it big, bro. Keep chasing it. Uh, Seth, anything else you want to ask Adam or any? You're good? Hi, awesome. Great job. He does great stuff, man. Good luck man. come on your comeback, man. Yeah, brother. Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, brother. Talk to you soon, man. Take care, Adam. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's great having him on, man. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, that's a guy that's a future of our, the future of our business, that type of guy like him. You know what I mean? Like I say, I'm not very familiar, but very well-spoken guy. And now he makes me, I want to I watch, I want to see oh, when he comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, I've watched him on Ring of Honor, though. He's legit, bro, and I, I know he's been out now with the injury. And I think he's going to come back hell-bent with a lot of fire. And uh, definitely, I think Ring of Honor will do the right thing with that young man. Uh, we're going to talk a little SmackDown a little bit. Uh, let's take a couple of calls here. Let's go to, uh, oh, my man Lon from Florida. Lon is back. Lon, you back. Hey,
2: Lon what's up? Let's hey, what's going, man? Hey, buddy, how are you? Great, yourself? Good, buddy. What's going on? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk a little bit about ROH, a little bit about TNA, and a little bit about uh, WWE. Well, we're only on for like another 45 <laughs> minutes, so I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Go ahead, shoot. What's up, buddy?
2: I was wondering on WWE. Do you think that uh, Bray Wyatt would team with the Ascension, perhaps, being that both were involved in the NXT before? He's like a uh, Wyatt family too?
1: I don't thing? think so. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I I could be wrong on this. Maybe you're right. I don't think that'll happen. My my opinion, well, Seth, do you have an opinion on it? Hey, I'd love to see him get. I'd love to see Bo Dallas get with his brother. I think that would be. Really?
0: Yeah, I think that'd be real
1: cool. Different gimmicks for sure. I mean, he started growing the facial hair. I mean, he's got the long hair. He could, he could, he could bring him in. Uh, Maybe. I'm probably wrong on that. Mm. So you think? uh, So Lon, you think Bray Wyatt with the essential would be kind of a cool hookup?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Mm. They need a mouthpiece. Well, I was gonna say they need a mouthpiece for sure. I mean, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, maybe you're right. I'm kind of getting sold on it a little bit right here. And what did you want to say about? uh, You said you want to say something Ring of Honor too.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about uh, the KRD. What's going on with that group? I was wondering if Cole was involved, or uh, was uh, the CNC guy involved in that? Yeah, or I think he perhaps? touched.
1: I think he touched on that. Did you watch his promo that he cut in the, in, that I was just talking about in the car? I haven't been able to
2: see that.
1: Yeah, if you yet. get a chance, check it out. He mentions that. I mean, I know he had stuff going with the Kingdom. I don't know. I think one of those things you got to wait and see what happens. I mean, and uh, so I, you know, I I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, did you, when you were on hold, by the way. You can hear the interview with Adam, right, Lon? Right. Yeah, I can hear him. Okay, good. No, because Josh Matthews <laughs> was on earlier, my broadcast partner, and he's being a smart aleck while he was on hold. Uh, yeah, and no, I just want to make sure. So, Lon, did we cover everything? I think we missed maybe seven or eight other things you wanted to talk about.
2: Just one last thing. Do you think that TNA would go with, like, old-school matches like the x Cup and the x Cup matches with new-school wrestlers like the Wolves and... Wait, wait. Say and that again. You, you bro- you,
1: Lon, you broke up a little. I'm sorry. You must be on a call phone. Say that again a little slow.
2: Okay, do you think that the TNA would go with old-school matches with new-school wrestlers, like, you know, the x match, the X-Cup matches in the upcoming months to come? I think
1: there's a chance that could happen. I definitely I, – I'm not part of the creative team, even though some people on Twitter – Treat me their gripes and bitch and moan about TNA. And I I can't help because I'm not on a team. I'm just an announcer. But uh, I think that could happen. I could see something like that happen. I think that I think TNA definitely has the, the roster to pull something like that off for sure, Lon. I definitely appreciate that. Lon, I, I always appreciate you calling a, in, brother. What's he that? He was on a car phone. He might, be on, he might have been on a, <laughs> a car phone. So, you know, they got some guys who are. <laughs> He could on have been a, on, a, he's on call a shoe phone. phone. No, he got the wire. Some guys use car <laughs> phones. There's a good chance Lon uses a car phone, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love the guys in Florida. There's a great chance he uses a car phone. Uh, we gotta get a little bit to Smack. Let's take one more call here. What we got. We got. Uh, oh, Joey from uh, from Joey. the HB from how Beach. Not far from where up from. How you doing, bro? What's
5: up, Dad? What's going on? What are you doing? What well, are you from? Right Hal- off the bat. Right off the bat, I gotta tell you, I'm a little jealous. Lon said he could hear you. I'm hearing Francesco on
1: my I'm oh, Not even on the fence. I gotta get Mike in here. Mike, hit the button on my Pedub
2: Listen, this is this is what we're dealt with here at CBS. You know, Mike is the man, he's the mayor, he's the king, he's yeah. the, you know the pope of all sports, and make you're gonna have work. to hear him. That's it. He's gonna make you hear him no matter what he does. Yeah, but, Lon, so.
1: but Lon heard uh, on hold. Lon heard the interview I had with Adam Cole. Listen,
2: Mike will get you the
1: sports any way that he can. Yeah, okay? I can tell. I, and I respect <laughs> so, Mike. Mike's on. I, I was <laughs> in the studio next door. I think I'm maybe gonna go pay that guy a visit, uh, slap him around we a little do this
0: bit. Party. Walk right in there.
1: Yeah. So, Joy, what's
5: up, man? You want to talk a little wrestling or not? Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have two questions. First one, I wonder, you ever get in heat from Warner Brothers for your name? Good question.
1: Uh, no, not really. I, I I'm open to it. Um, <laughs> I am. It's not. It's great publicity. No, I never did. Uh, I'll tell you something real quick though. When I went to WWE, they added a Z to my name so they could trademark it um, because they couldn't get the trademark on... Yeah, it's a longer story than that. Just one. They were worried about Warner Bros. a little bit, which I understand. So T A Z Z was their deal. Um, but no, I haven't. I mean, but if they'd like to, uh, you know, send me a cease and desist letter, I'm open to it. That's fine. You know, <laughs> I have no problem with it. It's fine. It's it's my. It's on me. That's just well, my. Bunny's uh, gonna call you. Yeah, no, I think oh, it's right, fine. Right. I think after all these years, right, right, Joe? I think they would have came at me by now.
5: No. I, I hope I hope they they leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> you're you my guy, so I'm in your corner on that one.
1: So you are you an old school? I've been at you from Queens. Were you an old school ECW fan?
5: Old school ECW. I mean, my, my I'm 36. My fan, me being a wrestling fan, goes back to about seven eight years old. But uh, you Taz, you're you're in my top five, if not my number one. I I mean, which leads to my second question, actually, because when you talked to Jr. last week, he said. When I think it was when you mentioned that after you got injured they took care of you. JR said, Yeah, we had yeah. plans for you. Yep. What did. were those plans and where did they go wrong?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know, man. I I I don't know what those plans were. Um was Vince Russo is the guy who brought me, and I talked about this on the podcast, you know, on HPM. He brought me in and stuff, and I, I, I went through that. I don't want to get through it again, but the, he had the ideas he had for me, and then he went to WCW, meaning Russo. And then they, I kind of was, I think when I went there, I mean, I debuted, the debut was amazing at the Garden. Oh, huge. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, was, I, I couldn't have scripted it better. Uh, and then it kind of went a little downhill from there. I think that it was a different time then that they were still kind of hung up with, pushing them, building the big giant guys, where today now it's more about athletic guys, it don't matter how big they are. And I think that I was a generation a little late in regards to the WWE. Um, I don't know what the plans were that they had. I do know, uh, from an injury standpoint, as I said, and I'll always say, when I got hurt in WWE and tore up my bicep and all this kind of jazz... They uh, definitely um, took care of me. Always took care of me. Best doctors you could find. Uh, was paid all the time. Everything was paid. I, mean, I, I, I have zero complaints when I. have time I got injured as a wrestler, and then they helped segue me into a broadcaster. And that was all on the WWE and Vince. So I. What am I going to say? I can't say nothing bad about them in regards to that they took care of me. You know.
5: Yeah, it's just you know disappointing from from how you came in, where you were before that. I know for me it was exciting, you know, you get to see taz come in and, and kill everybody, and it, it just didn't. I guess it didn't work out that way. Yeah, well, I
1: think that they thought and 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 Joey, I appreciate the call, bro. Uh, representing hard in the HB over there. No, I think it was a thing where I don't think I would have been able to uh, go into the WWE at that time at five foot nothing and and go and destroy everyone the way. The ECW built and put me over and Heyman, the vision Heyman had for me uh, I, you know, I think the vision that you see the WWE having with a Brock Lesnar, I think you could see a little bit of that, maybe a little influence from the way Paul used me, I'm sure Paul has a little input on that, even though he's just a performer there, but I'm sure they respect his, his knowledge as a booker Heyman's uh, arguably the best of all time. That'd be a waste if they didn't. Yeah. So I I think sometimes some of the stuff I see Brock Lesnar do, I kind of smile because I love Brock. Uh, and um, I, I see some of that stuff they're doing that I could have done there. Sim- the similarities to what I did... In uh, ECW. So, and that was all him. And so, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do some more phones. By the way, the phone number is 866 540 9326. I want to talk a little bit about SmackDown. Then we'll wrap this bad boy up. I'm Taz. This is radio.com. This is Taz Live. Be right back.